Yeah, we thank God for uh, the kind and the level of preaching that we have in this church. We, we are very grateful. Uh, you know, we want to be a Bible-based, Bible-preaching church. Uh, you know, as I go around um, making Jesus famous, <laughs> like Uncle Matevola, um, talk to people, share the gospel. You know, something that I've, I've come to realize is that in South Africa, we don't have a problem of ignorance of the gospel. Meaning, there's nobody who can say the gospel was never preached to me. Okay? And there's, no, there's nobody who will say, I mean, I never had a preacher. I mean, those who don't go to church, we confront them at the funerals. Okay. And also at the weddings. Okay. You know what I'm talking about now? Right. So there's nobody who can say, I, I've never had the gospel. But the problem that you find is there's so mis a lot of misinformation. You know, I was somewhere and I was discussing with somebody uh, yesterday that, you know, the, the church, without us actually being away, can become a cult. Uh, in the sense that uh, all we can do every Sunday, we can come here and we read one verse. Okay? And then we take that verse and we take the words, you know, apart. And then next week you come for another verse. And after two years, we have moved so much away from the teaching of the gospel. But you, you're not aware that we were actually moving away. Okay? And we just become a cult. I have been... <clears throat> studying the book of, of prophets, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lament. You know what, I think all of us, you know, just give yourself an assignment and say, this month I just want to go through one book of the prophets. Because, you know, something very interesting, which, which we do in the church, I mean, we'll go to the book of Jeremiah, and then we never read the book of Jeremiah except one verse which says, there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. Okay? And that's all what you know in Jeremiah, isn't it? Right? And we move to Isaiah, you know just one scripture in Isaiah. And we go to another one and so on. And then at the end of the day, you have formed your own teachings, which have nothing to do with the word of God. Okay? And that's why uh, in this church we want to emphasize and we want to overemphasize, please read the Bible on your own. And not verses. You know, read the book of John, read the book of Matthew, and so forth and so on. That is, that is, that is very important. All right. <clears throat> this morning, we are encouraging those who are not participating in any form in the church to start participating. That's basically what we, what we've been trying to do the month of November. But something which is very interesting in our church is many people come here and immediately they start participating. And that's a wonderful thing. Let's give these people a round of applause. I mean, this is it's beautiful. And, you know, this is the, the kind of culture that we want, you know. And this morning, if you're not in any committee, any ministry and so on, can we encourage you to, 
you know, after the service, there'll be different ministries outside. Go there and find out, you know, what, what, what you can do. Because the only way that you can grow in any endeavor of life is to participate. If you don't participate, you won't grow. That's, that's as, as simple as all that. There are two things this week uh, which really encouraged me. Um, there's a company that does some service for me and I, I phone, you know, somebody needed help and this company, they close at 10 p.m. All right? And then I phone at two minutes to 10. And I'm thinking, most probably I won't find anybody there. And then I phone and somebody answers the phone at around one minute to 10. Okay? And then I go on to spend uh, another 20 minutes with that person. Remember they knock off at what time? At 10. So I go on to spend 20 minutes with them. You know, in our shops here, if you go at 5 minutes to 5 o'clock, there will be somebody standing at the door telling you that, sorry, we are closed. There's another business, actually, ultimately, which closed. I used to go to that business at quarter to five. They're at the doors telling you we are closed. And after I spoke to this person, I mean, for 20 minutes, I even wanted to say to them, you know, give me the name of your manager. Let, let me talk to your manager and say that people who are committed to their work. And it's because this person has an understanding that if I don't do this kind of a thing, the company loses clients, I'm going to lose my job. And many people don't, 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 don't think that way. But I mean, here was a person who went over and above their responsibilities. Another one, I was flying somewhere and I wanted to confirm my flight. So I'm phoning the airline and then the phone of the airline is not working. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So I phoned the car hire company. Okay? And I want to ask them for the number of the airline. So this person, I say to them, I want to talk to somebody at uh, the airline desk. And that person of the car hire company takes his phone, leaves his office, and goes to the desk of the, uh, of the airline. And then, um, then he gives the people of the airline the phone, and tell them there's somebody who wants to talk to you. Okay? And I talk to this person, and when I finish, he goes back and he fetches his phone. I mean, I said, you, you have got very helpful people on this earth. People who are fully, fully committed to their work. And I'm going to talk this morning. I mean, this is secular work. One day it will come to an end. But I mean, you have got these people who are this much committed. And the question is, how much committed are we to something greater than just a secular work? Okay. So this morning, let's uh, look at uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, okay. You know, we, we have this tradition that you have got you know, a theme, something that you want to center your, your, your thoughts around. Stand Fem. Let nothing 
move you. And can I say to you this morning, if you don't stand firm, something will move you. And the question of standing firm is a decision that you have to take. Because if you don't do that, something is going to move you. Okay, so um, let's go to the scripture where I got this, which is um, the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. When you read the book of Corinthians, when you read the book of Corinthians, okay, let's just start there quickly. Um, Paul writes to the church of Corinth. And church of Corinth was a very difficult church. Uh, of all the churches that Paul writes to, he has got so many good things to say about the other churches, but this particular church was a very, very difficult church. Um, for example, uh, some people divided the church in Corinth and they said, me, I belong to Paul. Another said, no, we would belong to Apollos. And then the others belong to something else. So when people came together, there were these groups. And when Paul writes to them, he says to them, I just want to tell me, did I die for you? Did Apollos die for you? He even says to them, you know, actually I didn't baptize any of you except the house, <laughs> two, house two households. But otherwise, that's probably what says to them. I don't even remember if I baptized, actually, except for, for, for those two houses. And they even get worse, this Corinthian church. You know, there was polygamy in this church. You know, one, a man could marry more than one wife. And uh, some silly boy would sleep with his father's, uh, father's, <laughs> his father's wife. You know, not his mother, by the way. No. His father has three wives, and then he sleeps with, with one of them. It's a terrible church, the church of the Corinth. And then when they came to the Holy Communion, all of them brought their wine and their, their food. And before everybody else could actually, they, they were, the Bible says they were already drunk. You know? And that is a scripture which we misquote there in Corinthians. Uh, you know, uh, what Paul says, when he says you, you, you take the Lord's uh, Supper in an unbefitting manner. That's what he talks about, that you, you bring your own wine, you know, and before... And Paul even says to them, what are, you, what are you trying to achieve? I mean, you who have money, you, so you are looking down on those who don't have money in the church. This is the church of the Corinthians. And then, when you read chapter 15, Paul addresses a very important uh, doctrine, the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. And uh, he spends a lot of his time basically talking about the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, and you know, uh, the Bible says, there's a scripture which says here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your power? And we, I mean, okay, you know, what I was saying about being cultish, that we can actually read that, that scripture at uh, the funeral's name. And then we, we say, the devil, you have no power. No, no. Whilst we are, <laughs> whilst you, whilst you are still alive, Death has its sting. Death will hurt you. Okay, just okay. Alright, those who don't have teenagers, you may not have understood what I was. I just said that. Okay, 
and the grave has victory because our loved ones go to that place where we cannot reach them. Okay. So Paul talks about this, this whole thing about uh, the resurrection and he says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then our faith is, is in vain. And then he says, if the dead are not uh, resurrected, then we have believed in vain. And he says, our, our faith is useless. And then he says, I mean, uh, we are the most to be pitied if the, the dead are not raised. So he uses those ways, I mean, useless, vain, and so on uh, in, in this particular chapter. So, and then he ends up by saying, well, obviously, really, Christ rose from the dead and he showed himself to some witnesses and then, and then he gives that evidence to prove that the resurrection of the dead is true. Okay. And by the way, all of us here, you are going to die one day? Sorry, sorry, sorry about that, ne? But, uh, I mean, all of us here, I mean, sorry for the bad news, really. It's, uh, uh, but you, you are going to die. Is that correct? Okay, so. Uh, and then, you know, some people think, no, when I die, you know, that is the end. No, it's not the end. You are going to rise. And then you will either rise to life or you will rise to death. You'll be forever separated from God or you'll be forever with God. That's what is going to happen. Okay. Now, after Paul has, has said that and encouraged the Christians that we are going to rise from the dead one day, Christ is going to come back, he ends by saying, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. This is the last verse. Okay, today I'm going to read some of the last verses in these chapters. But, uh, because we, 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 and you know what Paul said to Timothy? He said to him, you must excel in public reading of scripture. Okay. So, I don't want to be a good preacher because I, I read one verse and I told you my ideas. Okay. I want to be a good preacher because I am excelling in public reading of scripture. Say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> okay. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Therefore, and remember, I mean, in English, ne? if you say therefore, it means you're, you're talking about other things. Okay, so it's against that background. Okay? Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters. And you can note there, he's not just saying, uh, therefore, brothers and sisters. Okay, he says, dear brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters that I love very much. Okay. Stand firm. So, no, so, now, so now that you know that there's going to be resurrection of the dead, now that you know that uh, what we do in the Lord is more important, stand firm. And he says, let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. You know, we have seen in the church people being moved. We have seen people serve the Lord and something happens and they stop. So they allow something or somebody to move them. And so Paul says, stand firm. Let nothing, nothing, nothing. It can be what somebody says 
what somebody does, what somebody doesn't do, let it not move you. He says, always, 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 not sometimes, isn't it? Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. So you give yourself fully. And you know, I mean, the two stories that I was telling you about, to me, these people have given themselves fully to their work. Fully. You know, they don't allow anything to come between them and their work. But Paul here says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. You know, let, 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 let me just, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this as we go along. I want to talk about, I want to talk to you about the work of the Lord. You know, we, you know, things are, sometimes things are not very clear in our minds because of, of how things work. Okay. Um, you know, this, this building here in English is called a church. By the way, let's not, you know, we live in this world, okay? So this, this building here is called the church. So if you go out there and somebody says, I'm looking for a church, you are going to show them a building. I mean, that's how it works, okay? Um, and then uh, when you come here, you say, I'm going to the building, meaning I'm going to the church, okay? And sometimes when you say, this is our church. Most of the time we mean this building here is our building. Okay, it's fine. I don't want to go into the politics of the building. Okay, but, but that's, that's, that's what we say, isn't it? Okay, that's fine. And then uh, Jesus says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't mean that I'm, I'm going to build a building like this one. So, he's talking about the people who belong to him. Okay? So, the, the church of Jesus Christ, there are people here who are part of the church of Jesus Christ. Others are in another building somewhere. All these buildings in town, where people are meeting now. Okay? It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's a body that we can't see with our naked eyes. Okay? Now, we are not able to do the work of the church of Jesus Christ outside this building, if you understand what I'm saying. We, we, we come here to teach one another, we come here to encourage, we come to this building to encourage one another. Now, you may actually, unfortunately, in your mind, overemphasize the building over the body of Christ. Now, Paul here says, you must always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Okay. And now, we belong to um, a body, an organization called Assembly of God. That's, that's, that's where we belong. Okay. And then, okay, when you belong to the Assembly of God, it's a good thing. And that's why you've come here and you like it. We all like it, you know. We like the Assembly of God. We, we like the teaching, etc., etc. But I'm saying to you, the Assembly of God is an organization which is actually a vehicle through which the Church of Jesus Christ works. 
Do you hear what I'm saying now? Okay, let me just talk up, give you an example about what I'm talking about. You know, when children go to school, they go there to get education. All right? And then the school is a building and the people who work in there and so on, isn't it? Uh, and then the, the whole thing is that when the children go there, they're, they're not going to school to get school. They're going to school to get education. If you understand what, what I'm saying. They're going to their school to get education. So now, as a parent, you want to choose a, a good school for your children where can, they can get the best education. That's, that's what you do. So, and obviously, I mean, if you go to schools, there are children who are there because their parents said they must go there, and there are children who understand the reason why they are there. Okay, and then the children who understand why they are there, they do well, and those who think that they, they go there to, to please their parents, they don't. The same thing if you go to university, isn't it? Okay. So, the most important thing is not, I mean, Mitchell's house is one of the good schools here. I mean, Mitchell's house can come and have their school here, in our, on our premises. Isn't it? It will still give the best education that it is giving. So the, the most important thing is not, it's not the building, it is the systems which are functioning within that building. Okay, I must, I must not go too, too much into that. But what I'm saying now is uh, we must be careful that our focus is on the work of the assembly of God more than it is on the work of the Lord, which can be done here and also outside. So, wherever I am, as a child of God, I'm doing the work of the Lord. And if I preach to people, they get saved, they don't have to come to this building. They can go to another building. I have done the work of the Lord. So, what Paul says here is, he's not saying, be, give yourself fully to the work of the denomination. He says, even if you belong to a denomination, in that denomination, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Say Amen. So, if the denomination offends me, I will be offended, but I will continue doing the work of the Lord. So if you come here, we don't do things exactly the way you want us to do them. Please, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And he says, why must we do that? He gives a reason. He says, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And what he means there is, when you do the work of the Lord, you are not wasting your time. The work of the Lord is not useless. The time that you spend there is good time that you are spending. Alright, now uh, in Luke chapter 9 verse 62, another last uh, verse in that chapter. Um, that verse has a lot of, of, of stories in there. Jesus sends his disciples out gives people food and then um, he talks about doing the work of the Lord and then some people in that audience uh, when he asked them to follow him they were giving excuses, no me, I'm going to I'm going to marry, <laughs> one guy says that, I'm going to marry and then when I finish marrying I'll come back 
Another one says, no, my father's uh, cattle is somewhere. I need to go and take care of it. When I finish that, I'll come back. And Jesus says to, to them, he says, no man having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And what he meant by that is, I need 100% commitment from you. When you serve me, I don't want excuses to say, you know, the reason why I can't do this is because of the other and, and, and that kind of a thing. Alright, let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 10. Again, um, looking at this whole concept of doing the work of the Lord. Um, so Paul sent Timothy to the Corinthian church. Alright. And remember, you know, something also the Corinthian church, what, what they were doing uh, about Paul, they were saying, you know, when Paul is with them, he says, they say he's, he's weak, you know, and then, but he's strong in his letters. And Paul says to them, what do you want me to do? I mean, do, must I come there and frighten you and threaten you and so forth and so on. So here he sends Timothy to, to them and he says to them, when Timothy comes, by the way, Timothy is a young man. Alright? He's uh, a young man that was working with Paul and Paul calls him his, his very own son in the faith. So he's a young man. And Paul talks to me a lot about this concept of, of being a young man. People must not look down on you because you are young and so on. So he says to them, when Timothy comes to you, see to it that he's, he has nothing to fear among you, the Corinthians. Okay. While he's with you. And he says to them, for Timothy is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. So Paul was about carrying out the work of the Lord. And that's what we are saying to, one of, to all of us here, to one another. Let us be about carrying out the work of the Lord and we must stand firm and we must not be discouraged and we must allow nothing to, to move us. Alright, now let's look at the Colossians uh, where Paul talks to them about their attitude towards their work of in the work of the, okay, what Paul is, is saying to the Colossians okay, and we will we'll read through this and so that you can see what, what, what he's talking about that in whatever I'm doing wherever I am as a child of God I am about the work of the Lord wherever I am I, I should, I must do the work of the Lord Okay, now let's read Colossians chapter, chapter 3. We're, we're going to read at, at, at length here. Verse 22, he, says to the, he, he talks to the slaves. Actually, in this chapter, Paul talks to the fathers, and then he talks to the husbands, and he talks to the wives, and he talks to the children, and then he talks to the slaves. And then here, to the slaves, uh, by the way, a slave here just means if you are working for pick and pay in the olden days, you were, you were a slave of pick and pay. That's what it means. Don't think slave as the slave in, in America where people were being abused and so on. You, you are a slave for whoever you are working for. Oh yes. You are slaving there. Okay? Okay, he says, slaves. Slaves. <laughs> slaves obey, obey your earthly masters in 
everything. Obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it. Not only when their eyes is on you, when, when their eye is on you and to carry favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. So you obey your earthly master because of what? Reverence for the Lord. He says whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's treating a patient, writing a letter, supervising a student, uh, picking the shelves, whatever you are doing, writing a memo, work it at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. So you are doing the work of, of the Lord. Okay, let's go on. He says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So you are working for your earthly master, but where are you going to get your reward? From the Lord. It is the, it is, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when you serve your earthly master, don't think that you are serving your earthly master. You know that you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. And some of us, we complain that we are not being promoted at work. But what are we doing? Okay, let's not go much into that. All right. Now let's look at what Paul says to Timothy. We read in the second book of Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. He says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people so he says the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust them to reliable people. Not talented people, not gifted people, not knowledgeable people, but reliable people. Other scriptures, other verses will say faithful people. And trust them to reliable people. Who will also be qualified to teach others? Because these people are reliable, they will be qualified to teach others. Now, in the book of Proverbs 25, verse 19, you have this very interesting scripture which says, depending on an unreliable person in a crisis, is like trying to chew with a loose tooth or walk with a crippled foot. Okay, let's not say much about that. So, so what it means essentially is, if the church cannot rely on you. We are like chewing on a loose tooth or walking on a crippled foot. And how far can we go walking on a crippled foot? Not very far. And that's why Paul says, entrust them to reliable people. He says, further, uh, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And by the way, when you serve the Lord, you are going to suffer. And Paul says that through many suffering, we will enter the kingdom of God. 
Suffering is part and parcel of the Christian walk. And now Paul, you know, gives Timothy ideas how he must look at his service in the Lord and how he must think about it. He says to him, no one serving, no one serving as a soldier. And you know, when I read this scripture, I said, oh, Paul says, he doesn't say there's a suggestion or we think or maybe. He says, no, no, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. So there's no way in which you can serve as a soldier and you get entangled in civilian affairs. But rather they try to please their commanding officer. He says, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And then further he says, verse 6, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. And then Paul says to Timothy, please reflect on what I'm saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. And he says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Remember what we, we, are, we are reading, we read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus raised from the dead. And that's why we will also be raised from the dead because our Lord was raised from the dead. And he says, uh, and he descended from David. We all know that, I mean, Jesus is the son of David. And Paul says, this is my gospel. The fact that Christ came and then he, he rose from the dead. And he says, this is the gospel, verse, verse 9, this is the gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. He says, therefore I endure everything, and I want you to hear this, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect. So whatever we need to suffer, we will allow ourselves to go through that suffering because we enjoy it for the sake of the elect. That they too may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. He goes on to say, verse 11, here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. Okay. If we are, we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And he says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about weights. And there are some, this uh, warnings that Paul is, is asking Timothy to give to the church. The first one here is warn them before God against quarreling about words. Okay? So he says because quarreling about words is, no, is of no value and only ruins those who listen. That's the first thing that he says. Stop quarreling about words because it helps nobody. And then verse 15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And what we are saying in this church week after week, please, let's read our Bibles. Let's, be, let's present ourselves as approved workers who do not need to be ashamed, who correctly handle the word of truth. And then he says to them, again, remember, he gave the first thing about uh, 
uh, arguing about words. And he says, avoid godless chatter. Because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And their teaching will spread like gangrene. And then there are some people who are doing that in this church. And he names them there, Himanias and, and Philitus. And then he ends, towards the end, we're, we're, we're going to read this verse and we're going to read the, the last one. He says, nevertheless, after I've said all these things, he says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. There's no confusion. God's solid foundation stands firm. It is sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. You know, I mean, if you belong to a society which has to admit you, we will know on our register that these are the members that we have in our society. Okay? And then if you're not a member of that society, you are not. And this is what Paul says here. The foundation of God stands firm. With this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. And then he goes on to say, and Paul also always says these things. Uh, if he qualifies this thing about the Lord knowing you or not knowing you and so on, he will go on to say, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. So, okay, it's alright. Let's, let's look at this. Uh, alright. How do you like that? Okay. If I was selling to you, which one were you going to buy? <laughs> one on the right. Okay, let's quickly talk about... Uh, in the Bible, the Bible talks about vessels. It talks about a vessel. Uh, you can, anyone, anyone here, I mean, uh, Uncle Matevola will take that one top left. Okay? That's what he's going to take. <laughs> right. The purpose of a vessel, you don't eat a vessel. Ne? You eat out of the vessel. Okay. And then when you finish with that vessel, we put it away, we wash it, and somebody else comes, we use the same vessel, to, to serve them. Okay. So, now the most important thing is not the vessel. It is what is served in the vessel. Okay. But, we all know that, I mean, those of us who come from uh, traditional black families, okay, there are vessels which are set aside for the for the visitors. Okay. Because, and, 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 and that concept actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good thing. It's a good thing if, I'm telling you, if you don't know, let, let me tell you now, that's a good thing. Because if we, we use all of them, all those things, and they crack, and they crack, and they crack, they crack, they crack, they crack, and the visitors come, what are we going to serve them? So it's good, keep some for the visitors. Okay. I mean, we women, we are there to impress, you know, when the visitors come, they will be impressed. So, it's a good thing. Say amen about such. Alright. Now, what you're saying here is we, we don't use any vessel. Okay? There are vessels that we, we, we keep, which we, we think are, are important. Okay, now listen to what Paul says. He says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for 
common use. And I mean, we, we know that already. Okay. And now, listen to what Paul says. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter. Remember, the latter are the things that I spoke about. Ne? Okay. Will be instrumental for special purposes, made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. So, the question is, do we want to be vessels of honor or do we want to be vessels of common purpose? And I'm saying to you, it's about doing the work of the Lord. And then if we do the work of the Lord and we understand what we are doing, we give ourselves fully to the Lord and we understand whatever, wherever we are, that we are actually serving the Lord, we can then become vessels of, of honor to be used for God anywhere in a, in a special way. And Philippine uh, talked a lot about this. I mean, imagine if the whole body was an eye. Can you imagine that? Or an armpit. The whole body. Or a leg. So all of us here, remember, I mean, uh, if you look at, if you just go back to the, that dinner thing, there's something which I just want to say there. I mean, if you go to a five-star home, ne? it's a five-star home, maybe five-star, five-star home. If you go to a home where, you know, you, you, you are going to be served a three-course meal, okay, you're not going to use one vessel, one, you know, and even the forks and the spoons, the, the ones for the soup and the ones for these and, and so on. And if you don't know, you must ask, well, what is this one for? But what I'm saying to you, you have got different vessels here which are being used for different purposes, but all of them are used for honor. So we are all used for different purposes, but all of us can be vessels of, of honor. And then what I'm saying to you is as we do the work of the Lord here in Assembly of God, in this building, we also do the work of the Lord wherever we are. And that's why the way we can win our family is when they see us do the work of the Lord. The way we can win our spouses is the way they see us do the work of the Lord. The way we can win our parents. You know, uh, when we got saved, I mean, I was young when we got saved, and we went back to our parents to go and preach to them. And they just say, Marawana, what is your problem? What's your problem? You think that we don't know the Bible? You know? And you can't win your parents by preaching to them. You can't win your spouse by preaching to them. You can't win your co-workers by preaching to them. Because they live with you every day and they, they check you out. They say, ah, oh, she's going to start with the Bible, but you must see when we have to start working. Okay, let's go to the last one, Shaka. It's fine. <laughs> Stand firm. The worship team can come to the floor. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Excel in the work of the Lord, knowing that what we do for the Lord is not in vain. Praise the Lord.